Welcome to Ebenezer's Podcast, a podcast about hearing, understanding, and applying the Word of God to our lives. My name is Leighton Erickson, and I'm Ebenezer's Lead Pastor. Thanks for joining us today. Please check out our website at ebenezerbaptist.ca to connect with us and learn more about our ministries. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Ebenezer family, and thanks for tuning in today. And a special welcome to those who have recently joined our online community. Right now, we're in the midst of a series we're calling Why Jesus? And just by the way of some quick context, this series was birthed when we reworked our, uh, and updated our mission statement this summer. Our mission is simple. We want, pe- we want to point people to Jesus and then help them know and follow him. And the reason we want to point people to Jesus is because we believe with all our heart that Jesus is the only way, and he's the only truth, and he's the only life. And no one comes to God except through him. Now, most of you probably agree with what I've just said, but there are many more people in this world who would not because of the exclusivity of that claim and its assertion of absolute truth. Now, thankfully, these words are not my words, and they're not the church's words. They are the words of Jesus. And one of the great I am statements he made about himself, which we find in John 14, 6, which says, I am the way and I am the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, this was quite a claim. So I'm not surprised that people react to it. And believe me, these words were just as controversial in Jesus' day as they are today. But what if Jesus' words are true? What if the things that he said about himself in this verse are absolute truth? Well, then Jesus' words are of utmost importance to us and to the rest of the world. And so that's why we are taking three weeks to unpack each each one of Jesus' claims. Now, a quick review for those that haven't been with us the whole series. In our first section, we spoke about Jesus' claim to be the way. And we said that Jesus is the only way to God the Father. That Jesus' way or life is the perfect example for us to follow. And third, that the way of Jesus is always best. And now in the second section, we've been speaking about Jesus' claim to be the truth. And so far, we've said that Jesus reveals the truth about God. And that secondly, that Jesus reveals the truth about us or humanity. And now today, we're going to see that Jesus reveals the truth about the things to come. Now, before we jump into this morning's topic, I want to remind you of the underlying question we all need to wrestle with, and it's this. Are the words of Jesus truth? In other words, are the words that Jesus spoke about himself and about God the Father and about the Holy Spirit and about you and me and the rest of mankind, about what was and about what is and about what is to come, are they true? Can we take Jesus at his word? And can we trust the words he spoke when on earth? Now for me, the answer uh, is absolutely. I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the only truth and that every word that came out of his mouth was complete and absolute truth. And even further to that, when Jesus said, I am the truth, he was not just saying that he spoke the truth even though every word that came out of, out of his mouth was true, nor was he just saying that he, that he knows what is true about, about uh, things, which he does, 
But what he was saying is that he is true, that he is the full revelation of God because he is God. So John 1 confirms this. It says, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things came into being by him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Later in verse 14, we read, the word became flesh and made his dwelling place among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. In these verses, John clearly proclaims that the word is Jesus. He was with the father before the world came into being. He was the one who spoke the world into existence. He has witnessed every event that has happened in history from the beginning of time until today. He's the one that holds all things together. And he's the one who knows what is still to come. You see, when Jesus said, I am the truth, he was declaring himself to be the source of all truth and the embodiment of truth and the revealer of all truth. And that means that anyone who wants to really know what is true must ultimately look to Jesus. Because all truth about all life is found in him and in him alone. So in this world where multitudes of voices claim to speak the truth, we can discern what is true and what is a lie by measuring whatever we read or hear against the words of Jesus. Because he is the reference point for evaluating all truth claims. So why Jesus? Because Jesus reveals the truth about God. Because Jesus reveals the truth about us. And now today, because Jesus reveals the truth about things to come. Now, two of the things to come that Jesus spoke about most often were the end of life. In other words, what happens to those who die and the end of time? What will happen to the world in the end? Oh, now, obviously, these are huge topics I'm not going to be able to cover completely today. But we can go deep enough to be challenged and encouraged by the truth of Jesus' words to us. So first, let's talk about end of life. What does Jesus say will happen to those who die? This is a, a very relevant topic, obviously, because unless Jesus returns, death is the destiny of every single person. I was reminded about this again this past week as I walked alongside two families as they grieved the death of a loved one. And in my own personal family, we are facing the reality of death on several fronts. So this is very real to me, and it should be to you. And so I'm glad that Jesus spoke often about what to expect in death. But interestingly, his message differed drastically depending on who he was speaking to. He spoke words of comfort and hope to the faithful, but he spoke words of warning to the unfaithful and to the faithless. And to those who were seeking and searching, he spoke words of calling and invitation to them. Let's look at each one of these quickly. Uh, first, Jesus comforts the faithful. One of the people who passed away this past week was a dear older saint, saint from this church. At a very young age, she believed and accepted the words of Jesus to be true. And she faithfully followed the ways of God her entire life. Now, all funerals um, have sadness because the loss of a loved one always brings grief. But this funeral, um, as is with many I officiate, was also a celebration. It was a celebration of a life well-lived, 
but even more so, it was a celebration of the promises of God that the loved one was now enjoying in person. And because I knew of her strong faith, it was a joy to proclaim the powerful words of Jesus to her family and friends. Words like uh, Jesus spoke to his disciples the night before he was arrested. John 14, which is the passage that we're rooting this series in. And Jesus said this to his disciples, don't be troubled. You trust God, now trust in me. There are many word uh, rooms in my father's mansion and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if this were not so, I would tell you plainly. But when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And that's where the disciples began to ask, well, where are you going? And that's where Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. Some other words that, that were encouraging that I love to share at funerals like this were the, the words that Jesus said to Mary and Martha after they lost their dear brother Lazarus, found in John chapter 11. And these are the words, I am the resurrection and I'm the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die like everyone else, will live again. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Now, as one who has walked with many families through a time of grief, I, I can't emphasize enough what a wonderful privilege it is to be able to comfort and encourage a grieving family with the true words of Jesus and speak a sure hope and a certain future with Jesus in heaven. And, and this truth, uh, this reality, is always a wonderful thought to ponder with the family. That even as we gather um, together, absolutely broken and grieving over the loss of a loved one, we realize that they are celebrating the reward of their faith and worshiping Jesus in person, face to face, without any masks in, in heaven. The truth of Jesus comforts the faithful. But second, Jesus warns the unfaithful and, and the faithless. Now, most of us uh, are, are probably familiar with what Jesus said in John chapter 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But we probably aren't as familiar with what Jesus says a bit later in that same chapter in John 3.36. That whoever believes in the son has eternal life but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on them. Now, those are not comforting words to hear, are they? And they're not meant to be. They're, they're a warning to those who do not believe that Jesus is the truth and have not put their faith in him. In fact, Jesus uses even stronger language and, and more graphic images to paint a picture of what eternity will be like to those who reject him. And it's not pretty, and it's not something we talk about very much anymore. Someone recently asked uh, R.C. Sproul Jr., who is a well-known theologian, what doctrine he struggles with most. And his quick re reply was, hell. And he goes on to say that there is no biblical concept more grim or terror-invoking than the idea of hell. It is so unpopular with us that few would give credence to it at all, except that it comes from from the teaching of Jesus Christ himself. You know, hell is an uncomfortable topic for most of us. Not even pastors like to talk about it anymore. We, 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 like, we like to avoid it, but to avoid it, and when people avoid it, it actually distorts our view of the gospel and, and of the depravity of man and the realities of death. You know, most people simply like to believe that when a loved one dies, they just automatically go to heaven. They, become one of God's angels. I'm sure that if you listen to 
people talk, you know that that's what they say. But even within the church, there's a movement that is questioning and challenging the doctrine of hell because it seems much too harsh for a loving God. Maybe you've heard some of that. The problem is, is that even a quick reading through the Gospels reveal how much Jesus talked about this subject. In fact, Jesus talked about hell more than he talked about heaven. And he talked about hell more than any other person in the whole Bible. In fact, most of the biblical teaching about hell comes from the lips of Jesus. In Luke 16, he describes hell as a great chasm over which none may cross uh, from. He talks in Matthew 25 that Jesus talks about a time when people will be separated into two groups, one entering into his presence, another banished to eternal fire. And Jesus doesn't, often, doesn't just only reference hell, he, he describes it in great detail. He says it's the place of eternal torment in Luke 16, of unquenchable fire in Mark 9, where the worm ne never dies in Mark 9, where people will gnash their teeth in anguish and regret in, Mark, in Matthew chapter 13, and from where there is no return even to warn loved ones in Luke 16. Matthew says it's a place of utter darkness. And there's no denying that Jesus knew and believed and warned against the absolute reality of hell. According to Jesus, not everyone is going to be with him in heaven. That's a hard truth. It's a hard truth for us to accept. But thankfully, God is a God of love and compassion and grace. And he made a way for all mankind to experience his compassion and grace through Jesus. And that brings me to my third point, that he, he calls the searching and the seeking, and he invites them to join him. Now, the other person that passed away this week was someone who I, I just had the privilege of meeting recently. He had a terminal illness, and a couple from Ebenezer connected me with him because uh, he, want, he and his wife wanted to speak to a pastor. Now, why does he want to speak to a pastor? It's because as... Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, God has planted or placed eternity in the human heart. And we have, we have a natural longing to talk about the end and the future and what's to come. And even though our time was short together, we had the most wonderful conversations. He wanted to know, first of all, if, if when he prayed to God, that the God would actually hear him. And I assured him, that God always hears those who cry out to him. And then he wanted to confirm that the faith he had was real. And as we talked, there was no doubt that he believed that Jesus was the way and the truth and the life. And I was able to assure him that he was a full recipient of God's wonderful love and grace. You see, God's longing and his greatest desire is that every person would cry out to him and every person would embrace Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. And he's always calling. And he's always drawing and inviting people to himself. Even as the scripture says in Romans 10, that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be saved. For it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God. And it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. And everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, the second thing that Jesus talked often about was the end of time. And this is certainly a topic more people are, have been talking about in 2020. 
Many of you are, are reading your Bibles and then you're cross-referencing it with the evening news. And you're asking yourself the question, is the end near? I know I've had more casual conversations about end times in the last few months than I probably had in all my years of ministry. The interest around this topic is a lot like it was 50 years ago. Uh, people, my vintage or older, will probably remember some of the Christian movies that, that packed out churches at that time. Movies like A Thief in the Night, um, A Distant Thunder, The Image of the Beast. I was a preteen at the time, and to be honest, th those movies were terrifying. And I, I think now there's some other movies that are, that are close to that. There's a Left Behind series that's out. Now, well, well thankfully, Jesus speaks about the end times too. Matthew 24 is a whole chapter devoted to the end of time. And I just want to read a few verses uh, from this chapter. It's all I have time for. And I'll just make a couple of quick comments at the end. But this is what Jesus says about the end of time. He says, you will hear wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. And then you will be handed over to, to be persecuted and to be put to death. And you'll be hated by all the nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from their faith. And will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to the nations. And then the end will come. Jesus goes on to say, but about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As it is in the days of Noah, so it will be at the beginning of the Son of Man. For in those days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the, the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, and one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with the hand mill, and one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at the time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let them break into his house. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect it. Now, um, I don't have time to, to develop this, but let me, let me just for the sake of conversation give you three, three things that Jesus says about the end times. First of all, according to Jesus, the world is going to pass away. It's going to come to an end. Now, again, if you've been watching the news, you know that scientists are warning us about this. But, but Jesus already knew and knows the truth about the physical world, that it's not going to last forever, that it's going to pass away. Now, that, this doesn't mean that we shouldn't do our part to look after it so it doesn't prematurely uh, destruct in us. But what it does mean is that we shouldn't live in fear about this happening because Jesus told us that it would. Second, 
according to Jesus, there are going to be difficult days coming for his church. And that will be a sign that the end is near. You know, the end, the end is coming. We, we don't know when. But Jesus says that we will know the season. Now, many are suggesting that this is a season. Now, is it? Uh, I don't know. But what I do know is that if this is the time God has ordained for his son to return, then whether people think this current pandemic or not is real or not, is not going to change Jesus coming. And if Jesus is ordained that this is the time his son is going to return, that whether I wear a mask or not, is not going to stop Jesus from coming. Or whether we take a vaccination and when they come out, uh, it, because it's going to lead to some kind of global economy that's going to lead us to the end, it's not going to stop Jesus from coming if that's what is part of his unfolding plan. None of those things are going to stop God's unfolding plan from taking place. The question is for us, not when, do we know when, but are we going to be ready? And that brings me to my third and last point, that according to Jesus, the most important thing is not knowing when the end will come, but to be ready for whenever it comes. He says, therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So you all must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. So my question for us today is, is are, are we ready if Jesus were to call us home today? If we were to be promoted uh, to heaven, if this was our last day on earth, are we ready for Jesus to return today? That's the question for us. And let me just remind you about the heart of God. Because Jesus did not only speak about words of comfort and in the resurrection or warnings about those who don't follow him. His heart really is that all of us would experience this. And 2 Peter 3.9 says this, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. These are, these are interesting days uh, for the church. And we, we need to be wise to know what the, what the Lord says, what Jesus says about things to come, both for our own lives personally, so we're ready when our day comes, and also for the things that are happening around us. Let's not get caught up in all the things that people are saying, but let's do get caught up and focused on preparing ourselves for the day when Jesus comes, that he might find us faithful. Let's pray. So God, I thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. And thank you that you spoke about things that are uncomfortable, that you know the truth about the things to come. Help us to be thoughtful. Help us to prepare and to be ready. And help us to be bold as we share. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you'll notice uh, if you go to the website, there is some questions for you to discuss. And I realize that, that uh, with the new regulations, we no longer have home hubs that can be operational. But with your family, why don't you take some time and talk about these things and, and enjoy them as you discuss them. God bless you, and we love you, and we're praying for you. Well, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check out our church website at ebenezerbaptist.ca. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can let us know by clicking like and by subscribing to our podcast channel. God bless you, and thanks for listening.